Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm very thankful for the privilege of being able to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I remember what it was like not to believe in the Lord Jesus. I remember what it was like not to really believe that there was a God. I know what it means to be lost. I know what it means to be spiritually dead, to live a life devoted for the indulgence of the flesh and the way that I was pursuing it. I remember very well what that was like, and I remember experiencing a very low point in my life experience. And through that, I made the decision to return to what I knew as a young boy, and that was the synagogue. I eventually returned to the synagogue to pursue a relationship with my God through obedience to the law. I made the decision that considering how awful I was, that if I was going to do anything to improve myself, to make changes about who I was, because I could tell that some serious changes needed to be made, I made the decision that I would live according to the law of Moses, that I would devote myself to a life of repentance and obedience. So perhaps one day I might become a person of honor, of integrity, and that if there is a God, that perhaps he might see me and perhaps he might show me who he is. Maybe he would have a place for me in his kingdom. But regardless of that, regardless of whether or not there really was a God, that I would devote myself to the law of Moses, and that I would become a better person. I remember that time in my life very well, and it was a very important time for me, a very important transition in my maturity of becoming an adult, my maturity of becoming the person who I now am today. In my enthusiasm, I embraced the law. I embraced many of the laws, but in this program and for a few programs after this, What I would like to spend some time talking about is the Sabbath law. The law was very important to me as a whole, but the Sabbath law individually, that specific law, was one that I really enjoyed. It was one that I embraced, I suppose, higher or greater than any of the others. And one of the reasons why that might be is simply because it's a lot easier to obey than many of the other laws. But regardless of the motive, it was an important stage in my life. And I can recall that it was around that time that I had also come to terms with the fact that Jesus truly is the Messiah. Now, I made that decision not on the basis of an understanding of the gospel. I simply made that decision because I was taking the time in this time in my life to study the scriptures and discover that there were prophecies related to the Messiah that there were prophets who proclaimed things about the future so that we would know the Messiah when we saw him. And I could tell that there was only one person who had ever fulfilled the prophecies that were given and that there was only one person who could have ever 
fulfilled the prophecies that were given, especially considering that there were some prophecies that were based on time and that there was a specific time period where the Messiah was prophesied that he would arrive. And if he didn't arrive during that time, according to the prophet Daniel, then there would be no Messiah because that was it. So it was when I considered these things that I acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah, but I did not understand the implications of what that meant to me for many years. I did not realize the importance of forgiveness, and I did not realize that the gospel was about the restoration of the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam. I didn't realize these things at this time in my life. I didn't understand that forgiveness set me free from the law. I did not know the differences between law and grace, and I could not tell you the differences between the Old and the New Covenant. This is where I was at. Now, of course, today I have a lot to say about these things, but back then, while I had a few things to say, I certainly would not want to repeat them now. One of the things that I can recall, though, concerning this with regards to the Sabbath law is that the job that I had at this time when I was struggling with these issues The job that I had required me to work on a Saturday at a certain point. There was a certain point, considering the responsibilities that I had, that I had to be available to work on Saturday. And when this was brought to my attention, I just simply asked if some accommodations could be made, if we could rearrange the schedule a little bit, so that I wouldn't have to work on Saturday, so that I could observe the Sabbath law. And I can recall that this was... A significant issue to them. It was a big deal. It was very inconvenient. Now, the person who I was working for found a way to accommodate that. He gave me a time shift that nobody else would want. And so there wasn't too much of a conflict with regards to making the schedule different, to reschedule me during a different time. It was just a little inconvenient for them. And it gave them a reason to ridicule me as well because. They knew that I wasn't as religious as perhaps I wanted to be, that I wasn't as honorable as perhaps I was trying to be, and so why not ridicule me a little bit? But this is where I was. I knew that I was learning, that I was growing, that I was maturing, and so I decided that I was going to actually take a stand, and I would do so in a public way. And I can recall very well where I was and who I was talking to when A discussion came up with this person, and some of the things that he said gave me a reason to reconsider what I was doing, reconsider it to the point of maybe there is something that I don't understand. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe there's a problem with my understanding concerning the Sabbath law. Perhaps I should take some time to look at this again. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I certainly am not going to feel as though my pride has been violated just by taking some time to look into the subject again. And so I spent a couple of days studying the Sabbath law, asking the Lord to show me something different if there was something different to be shown, if there was something that I did not understand. And sure enough, after several days of going through the scriptures with an exhaustive concordance, To study the subject of the Sabbath law, he showed me something that I had not seen before. And that was the beginning of my transition from law to grace. It was the beginning of the transition that I made from living under the old covenant to living under the new covenant. This was it. This was the subject. This was the law 
that inspired me to pursue the Lord in the context of what I did not know, that perhaps there was something I didn't know. And this is what led me to the point of discovering that there is a new covenant that is not like the old, and that there is a new life in Christ Jesus that I know nothing about. It was when I discovered that there was a new life in Christ Jesus that I knew nothing about, that I stepped out on faith and said to my God, I said to him in prayer, I said, I will cease to try to be someone that I am not and that I will never be. And I will wait patiently, trusting that you will reveal to me who you are and how you will make a change in me, the kind of change that I could never do myself. I could see that this was true. I could see that there was a work that only he could do, that there was no work that I could do. There was only a work that he could do. Now, of course, I did not use this as an excuse to indulge my flesh. But at the same time, I then did not preoccupy myself with studying the law to find new ways to restrain my flesh. Instead, I turned to him to seek him, to understand what this other way of life might be about. Not a life of the indulgence of the flesh or the restraint of the flesh, but what does it mean to live trusting and believing in what he has already accomplished, the work that he has already done and that he is now resting from. This was a very important time in my growth and maturity in the Messiah, and I'm very thankful for that time of struggle in my life. I'm very thankful for the years that I wrestled with these issues, and I am very thankful for what I now see that he has shown me that I did not see before. And I have lived in this new covenant for enough years that I feel fully confident that I know my God. And I know what he has done, and I know the reality of who he is and what he has accomplished. And I also know that what he is going to reveal to me in the future will not be a contradiction of what I know now, but I know that what he will reveal to me as I continue to grow in him will be an added contribution to what he has already revealed to me in the past, and for that, I am also very thankful. So I'm going to spend some time talking about the Sabbath law, and this is where I would expect a person to be led to if you are an individual who is either struggling with the Sabbath law, a person who is unsure about whether you should be living in obedience to it or not, what would that mean? Or if you are a person who isn't struggling with the Sabbath law, maybe you're a person who believes that you are to live according to the law of Moses as it has been described. If you believe that that's the case, I believe that these programs can be of benefit to you as well if you will take the time to listen to these programs. You may disagree with me now, but please consider the things that I have said and remember them because I believe one day you will have another opportunity to review this subject yourself. Perhaps one day you'll come to realize that there is an emptiness within you, and this might very well be the subject that will set you free in a similar way as I was set free. 
Now, of course, it's very unusual to find someone who has a background that is similar to mine, and so it may not be accomplished in the same way, but I do believe that the Lord will make use of this work with someone, and that there is someone who will hear these programs, and one day in the future will begin to see the reality of what I am speaking of, even though they may not see it at the time that they are listening. Now, having said that, I want you to understand that there are two different classifications of people or two different types of people who are going to be listening to these programs. The first kind of person is a person who probably is not living their life trying to obey the Sabbath law in the sense that they are not resting from everything on Saturdays. And there is a second classification of persons that is a person who is doing their best doing whatever they can to observe the Sabbath day by not doing any work on Saturday. So there are two different classifications of people who are going to be listening to these programs. And so I'm going to be alternating for the first program or two. I'm going to be alternating between the two different types of people. And for those of you who are devoted to trying to obey the Sabbath law in the flesh on Saturdays, I'm just going to have to ask you to have some patience while I'm talking with the others. And the others, I'm going to have to ask you to understand what I'm saying so that you can speak with those who you will probably encounter in your life who are wrestling with these issues. You may also wrestle with these issues one day, even though you are not now. And if you haven't yet, I think you should. For example, consider a very important question. If you would not commit murder then why would you disobey the Sabbath law? This is a good question. Why is it such an important question? It's a very important question because the commandment of the Sabbath is one of the first Ten Commandments. It's there with do not murder and do not steal and do not commit adultery. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So if murder is considered to be a sin and a terrible one at that, then what about the Sabbath law? Failure to observe the Sabbath law is a terrible sin as well. Why would you suggest that you don't have to observe that? This is an important question, and of course, I do have answers for this question. Have some patience, and I'll tell you a lot about what I think concerning this question and the answers. But please consider that it's an important question. If I don't ask you this question, perhaps someday someone else will, if you don't ask it yourself. What are you going to say? How are you going to answer that question? How are you going to defend your position, your faith? How will you respond? So I will be addressing this question among many others. So there are two kinds of people that I expect to be listening to these programs. And I'm going to divide it this way. I'm going to say that there are people who are under the Old Covenant and there are people who are under the New Covenant. Now, for those who are under the Old Covenant you will probably take great offense at my saying that. You'll say, no, I am under the covenant, you know, something like this. I am under the covenant of God, old or new. It's just the same. You might think of it that way. Why would I say that? Not just because I talk with people all the time who think this way, but also because I remember thinking this way myself. But please consider the prophecy concerning the new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, that the new covenant will not be like the old. And I, of course, have done many recordings on that subject, and so I'm not going to talk about it here. 
I just wanted to introduce that as something for you to consider. So I'm going to divide between those who are under the old covenant and those who are under the new covenant and just have patience with me concerning my position with regards to this. Now, for those who are under the old covenant, for those who are still living under the old covenant, trying to live in their flesh according to the Sabbath law, I want you to know that these programs are probably not the best programs for you to listen to first. You might have picked out these programs from the radio archive, or maybe somebody told you about these radio programs, and these might be the first programs that you have heard that I have produced. And if this is the case, I am going to strongly suggest that you stop listening to these programs for now and come back to them after you have listened to a few other programs. The reason why I suggest this is mainly because of experience, because I have found that when it comes to arguments or discussions with regards to the Sabbath law, the Sabbath law is not normally what people are arguing about. That's not normally the issue. And so people will talk about this issue for hours, for days, for years, for their entire... They'll die before they get finished talking about it because it isn't the real issue. It's not exactly a smokescreen either. It is an important issue, but it's not the root concern that most people have. Let me give you an example. Most people are more concerned about what the Lord said with regards to the everlasting covenant, the everlasting nature of the Sabbath law. That's really what they're concerned about, that God gave the Sabbath law as an eternal, everlasting law, everlasting commandment. So it's not really the Sabbath law that people are concerned about, although it is to a degree, but it's not the greater concern. The greater concern is the everlasting nature of it. And so I've done programs that relate to this subject. You'll find them in my radio archive, programs such as The Everlasting Covenant. Listen to that one, The Everlasting Covenant. I also did one that's very similar to it that you would probably enjoy also, and that is The Everlasting Passover. Those are some good ones to start with in order to get a feel for why I would say the things that I am going to say concerning the Sabbath law. But in addition to these programs, I will definitely suggest that you listen to the programs I produced on spiritual warfare. Now, don't be concerned about the title. It's actually a study on the differences between law and grace. But if you listen to those programs, you will understand the bigger picture, the greater issues, the reasons for the law, the reasons why he would give an everlasting covenant, the real conflict that is taking place between God and the devil and us kind of being in between. Those are the programs that I would encourage you to listen to first if you are a person who is living according to the old covenant and then come back to these after that. Because I have found more often than not that those are the real issues that people are dealing with and that the Sabbath law is not really it. It is the result of these deeper issues, and we should deal with the root issues first before we start dealing with some of these peripheral concerns. Another set of programs that you should definitely take the time to listen to are the programs on forgiveness. Those are definitely programs that you need to listen to if you're going to really understand what I'm talking about, because I'm going to make assumptions at times. I'm going to assume that you know something about the subject 
of forgiveness as I have presented it. There are programs on the subject of forgiveness in the archive to include a description of the gospel. That's another issue that people have different understandings or they believe different things concerning the gospel. If you are an individual who is living according to the old covenant, it might be as simple as that. You may have a poor understanding of the gospel. Now, of course, you probably don't think so, but please take the time to listen to the first two programs I did on the subject of forgiveness. You'll find out what I mean by that when I explain the gospel from the point of view of sin, death, forgiveness, and the restoration of life. Then you'll understand what I'm talking about. So for those of you who are under the Old Covenant, you should consider not listening to these programs right now. Go back and listen to the programs I did on Everlasting Covenant, Everlasting Passover, Spiritual Warfare, and Forgiveness, and then come back to these programs after that. Now, the first thing that I would like to describe is the fact that the law is very important. It has a very important purpose and a very important place in the history of humanity and in our lives. And it's important to spend the time to discover these purposes, because I believe through the discovery of what these purposes were, purposes such as to show us that we cannot live in obedience to the law, to show us that we have a need for mercy, that these purposes are perpetual. These purposes are everlasting. But these programs are going to be different. In these programs, I'm going to be talking about the law in the context of a shadow versus a reality, that we now live in a reality, according to the new covenant, that could not have been understood under the old, that could not have been experienced under the old. For example, the Apostle Paul describes this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, when he wrote, So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. But the substance is of Christ, or the reality is of Christ. There is a difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and this is one of the ways that I can describe the differences. And that is with regards to the Old Covenant being a shadow and the New Covenant being a reality. And that the Sabbath, or Sabbaths, or new moons, or festivals, whatever, these are shadows of what was going to be revealed in Christ Jesus. And now we have a reality. This reality in Christ Jesus has to do with the relationship that we can now have with our God. Before the Gospel, before the resurrection of Christ Jesus, there was no opportunity to have the kind of relationship that we can now have with our God because of the law, because the law separates us from our God. How does it do that? The law separates us from our God because the law requires us to behave in a way that is impossible. Not because there's something wrong with the law, but because there's something wrong with us. There really is something wrong with us. Now, when referring to the law in this context, it can be very awkward for some people who have spent a significant amount of their lives 
looking at the law as if it is their way of life right now and to suggest that it is a shadow of something else that we are to live by can be very awkward. And so I'm going to explain it in a different way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you that we did not always have the law. Now, I realize that there were some expectations that God had before the law that are very similar. Of course, he didn't want anybody to steal anything. He didn't want anybody to commit murder. I understand that. But what I don't think people really understand is that the law was given through Moses. It wasn't given through Abraham. Certainly, we have circumcision through Abraham. But the law of Moses, the Sabbath law especially, came through Moses. We didn't have the Sabbath law before Moses. There was a time before Abraham, before Noah. We can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, which is where we should go, and understand that in the Garden of Eden, our God had a relationship with Adam and Eve when he created them, and then this relationship changed when they fell in the Garden of Eden. Now, why did they fall in the Garden of Eden? They fell because of the lie that they believed that if they only knew what was good and evil, which is the definition of law, if they only knew what was good and evil, then they could be like God. And that is how people approach the law of Moses. They approach it from the point of view of if we only know the law, then we can follow the law We can do that which is good, not that which is evil, and we can be like God. Or we can be a good Christian, or something close to that. We can be like Jesus. But it's the same philosophy. Now listen, the Lord did not create Adam and Eve to live in the shadows. He created them to live in the Garden of Eden. But because of the decision that they made, everyone has been born into this world in such a way that they experience the consequences of the decision of Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve left the garden, that was when the shadow fell. That was when humanity began to live in the shadows and not in the reality of God. But this is what he has restored through the gospel. And I will continue with this in the next program. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,